My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. This is uh, this is Steve and Sean from the Park Whiskey Society podcast. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. Today, today we got our guest is Mr. Travis Watch. Travis is a a father, a firefighter. He is a beer league hockey all star, four time, I think. Right. He's a philanthropist behind the Drowns for Fans initiative. President of the Edmonton Scotch Club and whiskey form right you're kind of running that more than anything right now and lastly he's uh he's our friend and a guy we like to drink with so and another uh, super nerd (laughs) and another whiskey nerd so yeah welcome uh to the park whiskey society podcast let's uh kick her off travis how you doing good thanks for having me you too this is uh exciting you guys finally got this off the ground yeah we've been talking about it for an entire year and you think that we would have taken advantage of covid when we were all doing nothing, considering Sean wasn't even working for like three months. But that's too easy. The, equi- the equipment had to quarantine. The, yeah, it was actually locked in <laughs> Nils's office for the longest time, and he was his office was closed because of quarantine, so he wasn't allowed to let me in. So I kind of just sat there collecting dust for months. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's live now. Yeah, exactly. No, we're happy to happy to be going. Finally, it's pretty well, cool. Thank you. When we were discussing it originally, even if nobody listens to a one episode, it still means that you guys get to sit around, have a few drams, and chat with some good people. So, regardless of what happens, as long as you're having fun with it, right? Yeah, that's basically what it's. Uh, that's basically what it's all about. And, and like the premise behind this podcast is, we want to talk to we want to talk to the drinkers. You kind of fall in both categories, but you're a drinker first. Because the only reason that you're working for Rare Drams is because you drink a lot of whiskey. And that's how you came upon starting there. So let's segue into it. Uh, tell us uh, tell us where the whiskey journey started for you. And give us the give us the full the full lowdown on Travis Watt. Huh. So, yeah, the, the whiskey and journey probably started, I mean, I actually just got my Ancestry DNA results back. And... <laughs> 71% Scottish, so oh, there you go. Uh, my grandfather was born there, and uh, turns out a uh, a grandmother on my on my grandma's side as well. So, so there's a lot of heritage there. My dad is 91% actually Scottish. So, oh, cool. So that for me, uh, obviously, right from the beginning, my first dram my dad gave me when I was about 16, like Rule in 16. Which I think was his way of trying to scare me away from drinking his whiskey. <laughs> that backfired. You know, you know, you always have that conversation like, what's a whiskey you would give to a newbie or someone getting into scotch? And you do like, oh, like a Balvenie Doublewood or maybe yeah. an Ockintosh and Three Wood. Something You're never simple. like, let's give them Lagavulin 16 and, and that, that'll make them love scotch. <laughs> so I think my dad tried to deter me, but maybe he just wanted to see my reaction. It was in your DNA, though. Yeah, I was in there somewhere, right? <laughs> but yeah, the the actual uh, whiskey journey really took off in terms of becoming a bigger part of my life in 2015. Um, a few of us were out for a Taco Tuesday, actually, eating some tacos. Yeah. And we were actually yeah. just chatting about how we're all getting older and, and how hard it was to get together on a regular basis, just like we were just talking with the podcast here. Yeah. And uh, the three of us, our wives were in this book club together and our wives were getting together once a month to talk about books. And we decided that we would do a scotch club to talk about scotch. (laughs) Why not, right? It only made sense at that point. It's probably pretty similar to how Park Whiskey started, I'm assuming. It was more of just getting a bunch of buddies together and not really necessarily 100% about the whiskey, but it... Yeah, it was... Yeah, kind of both. We... It was me and uh, me and my buddy Graham, right? You know Graham Hoff, and we were we we went to Wine and Beyond because it was usually just me and him drank whiskey together, and that was basically there was a couple other buddies that did too. But we're sitting looking at the glass ominously, right at Wine and Beyond, where it's just all presented nicely, shining, dusted, and he was like, "Man, we should just all pool our money and buy that bottle." <laughs> and it was like. 
well, how many people do we need? And then it basically just spiraled from there. Oh, let's get, we need 15 guys. Let's buy 15 guys right now. And then we'll do that bottle, that bottle, that bottle, and that bottle. (laughs) But that's, yeah, it's, yeah, it spirals pretty easily. And then it becomes, it becomes a lot as we'll get into, but. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I guess where that story goes for me. I mean, it started out as when I started a Scotch club, my level of knowledge of any whiskey was next to zero. And you know, when you go to events now and you're, you're running events and you can tell when there's people just getting into it that, you know, how is whiskey different than Scotch and how is Scotch different? All that stuff was new to me. And it just turned into like, I slowly turned into that whiskey nerd that I am today just because it, it intrigued me. It was something I could research. I could research the distillery. Um, and so our tastings, which started out as just kind of us pass around bottles slowly morphed into you know more into the whiskey education side and still having fun with it but also like you know if we're going to drink this stuff let's learn about it and dive deep you know and it's it, yeah it <clears throat> it's an endless abyss of information to dive into <laughs> like it's never it's never ending it's crazy to me how much there is to actually know about whiskey and it's it's a it's even hard trying to like compartmentalize all the information so even remember to talk about it because i will like you i'm sure do a ton a ton of research before tasting and then i'll finish the tasting and be like oh crap i was going to talk about this or i was going to talk about this or i was going to do this and that was really cool and it's like it's just never ending yeah it totally is and it and after that tasting you know you don't talk about maybe that specific style of whiskey for a while so then you start to slowly forget some of those things you learn and then yeah. you know six months later you're researching it again and yeah it just, it just turns into i call it an old man hobby it's it's, it it's something that keeps me busy and keeps you know when my kids are in bed and i'm downstairs instead of watching tv i'm putting together notes for a for an upcoming event and you know diving into a couple drams so yeah it's you know and i'd say this at every event that i do and i'm sure just talking with you earlier you probably agree like I always tell people, I'm not a whiskey expert. I think whiskey experts are the people that, the master distillers, yeah. the master blenders, the people that are making this stuff, maybe the people that have been writing about it and doing it for 30 years, but I just call myself a whiskey nerd, as you do, because yeah. that's kind of what it is. I, I just enjoy it and I'm passionate about it, but by no means do I know everything or or even expect to ever know everything about it. So Well, and the passion's basically what what brings us all together you know you can be passionate about something and sit in your basement like you said by yourself but that's only going to go so far and then once you start you know reaching out to other like like-minded individuals especially through social media now you get together and i mean three years ago i didn't know any of you guys and then it was just you know you take the take the off chance the post that one of you makes and like hey tell me about this I've been looking at that bottle. What can you tell me about it? And then it just, you know, you form friendships. And, uh, you know, it's the best way to share information is through each other, I find. Yeah, for sure. And, it, like, when my when I came into the community kind of thing, it started on Instagram. I remember, I remember like, the first, it might have been the first or second day I started my page, I followed you. Yeah. Right? And it was just like, oh, there's a a whiskey society in in Edmonton kind of thing and I didn't really even though I'd called my account Park Whiskey Society we weren't really anything of any of any substance at that point but it was I didn't even realize there was a whiskey world out there because yeah I'm drinking it at, at home maybe with a couple of buddies and that's about it or with my dad or something like that and then it just amazed me how inviting the entire community actually is it amazes me every day honestly it's crazy and even even you you were a ton of help for me to get started as i kind of got i kind of snowballed a bit bigger than what i could handle and obviously lending me glasses and giving me tips and all that kind of stuff so it was yeah it was a huge help well and you guys when you came <clears throat> on we're talking like when did park whiskey society start it was like the spring of 2000 or the beginning of the year, 2018, or spring of 2018. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy how far... Oh, it's, in, it's intense. You come as a club and as an account <laughs> and stuff. And really like, oh, I know. How far surpassed anything we've done. It's just incredible. Yeah, the brand, like the brand's 
kind of blown up, and it's obviously put a lot of a lot of work into it, of course. But it it never. When I started the Instagram account and started this club, I had no aspirations of it ever becoming anything but a little hangout for buddies, right? Yeah. So, and then the, the photography thing is a whole separate side, but. Yeah, I, same thing. You know, I, I'm probably the newest out of all of us to get into it. And when I first, yeah, I, I was sitting at work one day, I had just come back from Scotland and Ireland, and I was like, you know what? Like, I don't really have anything. I was kind of dabbling in photography as a hobby, but you can only take so many dilapidated barn pictures before <laughs> it starts getting yeah. old. And, you know, friends would make fun of me. You've taken the sunset, sunset picture every day this week. Like, so I was like, okay, well, I can still do that. Well, but the sunsets on every field, Sean. Yeah, you got to do every one. Exactly. That's how it goes. There's a little bit more pink tonight. But no, um,. <laughs> So, you know, I had a, I brought back all these samples from Scotland, and it was kind of the first time in my life I'd ever drank whiskey and was told how to drink it properly it was at a distillery. So I had all this stuff sitting at home. I was like, well, you know, let's give it a go. I had a friend that was in a small, small club, and he's like, no, it's like guys our age. We just get together, and we, you know, pool money. We get some bottles, and I was like, okay, cool. And then it just kind of snowballed, and I, I always thought it was like an old man's thing. I mean, we are old men now. We yeah, we're old, but we're not that old yet. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's it's this the stereotype that people have. And the more I got into it, especially on Instagram, it was connecting with people that, you know, are the same age as me and same similar hobbies. And, yeah, I mean, the information and the welcoming of everybody, it's now I see it, you know, five years later, four years later, and I'm trying to do the same, pay it forward to other guys that are just getting into it. Yeah. And I, I get the comments all the time from them. That like, you guys are so nice. And it's like, it's not that we're nice. It's just us. Like, that's the community. And I find that if there are guys that are, you know, a little pig-headed or they get cleared out pretty quick, they stop posting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It doesn't happen very often. People come and go. But it's, uh, yeah, you kind of... There's an expectation in this community of of being you, you got to be genuine. It almost seems it almost seems like if you're not genuine, people will people will just they're not interested in communicating with you. That's just how yeah. it is, right? Because everybody's here because they have they have a genuine passion for it, so they just want real people to communicate with and and to drink whiskey with. And there's a massive a massive amount of people across the world all kind of looking for the same thing. So it's just, everybody just kind of naturally meshes together. Totally. Yeah. And you, you get an idea of that, that community when you think of the people that are, are in this community, if they have a nice bottle of whiskey, their thinking is they want to open it to share it with other people. Their thinking isn't, I don't want to open it because I want it to make money. It's not, <laughs> I want to open it yeah. and only drink it myself. The, the overall mentality when you open a good bottle isn't oh I need this for it's I want to share this with other people who will appreciate it right for sure and that's that's I think the three of us are pretty like minded like when we buy a nice bottle it's I the first thing that comes to mind is if it's if it's something that you might like it's like man I can't wait to see what Sean thinks of this or I can't wait to see what Travis thinks of this or even when you get when you get samples of, of other stuff yeah man it, how many bottles I've split in half. <laughs> like we get one ounce and I split it into two half ounces just yeah, so I can share, share it. That? Yeah, so I can yeah. share it with somebody, right? Like it's you're looking forward to bringing joy to other people. That's that's the coolest thing about the whiskey, whiskey well, world. Well, haven't you? Uh, I mean, just talking about the people in that community again. Have you ever, since you've kind of become a whiskey nerd, tried to have whiskey conversations with like your buddies that maybe aren't into it? Oh yeah. It's it's just it's you can still kind of talk about it, but the reason why we all enjoy doing these types of things and our virtual get-togethers and in person, but it's because we're like all oh, Steve and Sean, you know, Steve and uh, Sean will understand what I'm talking about here. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I'll appreciate this. I can't go to a lot. Most of my buddies and dive in deep onto you know what happened in Sean's cask there and stuff. No, or, or you'll get like the the classic thing is you'll grab a bottle that you that you think or know that should just like blow their mind and you pour it for them. They try it and they're just like, yeah, it's good. 
And you're like, fuck no, it's not just good, man. It's fucking delicious. Like, give me that. Back. Can't you taste this? Aren't you pulling this, man? It's from here. Like, ask some questions. You did. Yeah. There's like six different casks they use. Yeah, yeah exactly. About? And then you're like, give me. I just want to like rip it out of their hands and be like, no, I'm fucking drinking this. <laughs> See, this is why we all get along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how? Yeah, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, was going to just explain sort of then how the club turned into Rare Drams, if you want me to go down that Yeah, that's, that's actually exactly where I was going to go to. I was going to say, tell us, you don't have to get into the long, I've heard the long-winded story. and the <laughs> I won't tell the whole 24 hours in Scotland. It's it's a beautiful story, but yeah, give us, give us the Coles notes on how that all yeah. came together. As you know, uh, when you start to run these accounts or you start to meet more and more people, so I at a Wine and Beyond uh, tasting, actually, I was invited by Bob Kyle, who's the owner of Rare Drams, to uh, to come to the event as his guest. So I showed up at Wine and Beyond, and I actually just sat, and not sat, stood at Bob's table the whole, like, you know, you can go at those tastings and taste a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah. I just stood beside Bob the whole, like, hour I was there, and he just went through each of, of his whiskeys. And instead of just pouring them for me, poured each one and talked about it, you know, the way Bob would talk about a whiskey. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of hit it off. And then however many months later, we were going to Scotland. Uh, so I sent him an email and just said, hey, Bob, uh, we're coming. Do you want to go for a drink? And the long story short is we spent the whole day in Glasgow. And at the end of the day, at 2 a.m. at a karaoke bar, he basically offered us a job to be his, his ambassadors or reps in Alberta. So. Yeah, that's super cool that's kind of where uh where uh hobby took over and to become kind of like a part-time job that's like it's like a movie story eh? like that, that, that never happens when you kind of got paraded you got paraded a little bit around yeah he took us to the, the uh, hunter lang head offices yeah which is pretty and, cool uh, a private tasting in this really cool boutique liquor store with peter mckay morrison mckay and i think i still he would never admit to this, but I think he was, it was a full day job interview where he wanted to see how we interacted with these people and how we drank the whiskey around them and, and didn't get completely hammered with them. You know, like I think it was <laughs> how you he held yourself. Sure, yeah. yeah. Who he was hiring to represent his company was a bunch of, now we're, we're idiots, but just not Alberta rednecks out there just to get hammered off. Who cares exactly. what? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we passed, we passed the test. No, that's pretty cool. I, and Bob, Bob, Bob's a pretty special character in his own. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him on, well, only once or twice, but yeah, he, I was uh, supposed to be here in September, but obviously things changed. No, he's he's a really interesting character. Um, how much how much time do you think you actually spend on on rare drams now? Like it, it's probably grown quite a bit over the last couple of years. Like the brand itself is. I didn't. Well, I didn't know what it was when I first when we first started our club, but. It's uh, it's growing rapidly. <laughs> Didn't know, man. I was so confused the first like couple months that I started talking to Travis. I'm like, he'd message me once as Travis Watt, and then he'd <laughs> message me again and be the same conversation, but in the rare drams. Rare drams. And then the Edmonton, Edmonton Scotch, Scotch Club. Club. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, and then text messages. The, the same conversation <laughs> under different accounts. I know that's that he did, yeah. did that to me all the time. Yeah. You need to sometimes I'll send emails, and if you send an email from your phone and you have multiple accounts, so I'll like send an email to Chateau Louis about a rare drams question. Yeah. And it'll accidentally come from the Scotch Club account. <laughs> and I have to go back. It's just it's bad. I'm yeah. You start you start taking on so many personas that it's yeah, hard to manage them. Probably all. probably too many personas, but uh, I don't know how many hours. It's really hard. Like right now we're prepping for um, the new releases yeah. that are coming hopefully mid December. So there's a lot of like you don't even really I don't even necessarily time all the hours sometimes yeah. i'm just at home on my phone and i start emailing with you know somebody about an event and um but yeah i, I don't know i i don't i don't really know how many hours a week i'd say probably 40 hours a month maybe 50 okay. hours a month that's not, that's not terrible that's not too bad Something it's manageable like you're a firefighter yeah. you only work like three days and then you get a month off right yeah we were three on one month off it's better than my schedule, really good schedule. <laughs> yeah so my kids are in uh kindergarten and, and daycare and stuff now so i have more free time than i used to and yeah you got to keep busy you can't just sit around doing nothing 
No, that's that's the best part about this is that it keeps you because it's so easy just to come home from from work and put you have dinner, put your kids to bed, and then just lay on the couch and oh. do like do nothing, accomplish nothing. <laughs> and I don't get me wrong, I still definitely have those nights, but it's it just yeah, it just feels more rewarding. So, but except sometimes it's spirals out of control, and then I'm not in bed till like one in the morning. Yeah, and then my wife wakes me up at six thirty. Yeah, well, how many how many nights do you have? Like you said, you get home from work, kids are in bed, and you're downstairs putting stickers on on sample bottles. Oh yeah, oh yeah, filling sample bottles, and you're, you know, I I don't even really look at his work because I'm I'll throw on the football game or whatever it is, and you're kind of just just got something to do while you're yeah. you know watching. But it, it's it all adds up, and the the virtual tastings are taking more time because there is just more prep and stuff there, oh there's way more preparation because you know just bringing the bottles to one night and pouring it and then collecting it yeah you're yeah the, the time that goes into packaging is crazy and and getting the packages out to people or picking them up yeah for sure that's why i love your method of just dropping them off at the at the whiskey drop and then everybody <laughs> else has to do the work yeah. we've, we've talked about getting some of those old school uh Colorful lockers, you know, in junior high, yeah, small ones, and yeah. putting them in the back warehouse there, and, and uh, each of the whiskey nerds just having our own little locker. <laughs> so then you can drop off samples there and be like, oh yeah, these, and they'll just go and they'll be like a mailbox. It'd that be would be fantastic. sweet, actually. I know it's funny how we just take take a little bit more every time we go there, right? <laughs> hey, Dave and Graham, do you think we can do this? They're they're just too too nice to say no, right? <laughs> But they, I think they just enjoy they just enjoy the company and our time and, and who we are, which is nice. I I usually have to pull myself out of there when I drop by because we just end up chatting, oh. and next thing you know, I, I'm like I feel like I'm I'm wasting your time now. I need to get out of here. Oh, I know. <laughs> you can do some work. How many days I've gone there and had to uh, text my wife to pick up my daughter from from day home because I've just been there for like four hours and I haven't <laughs> left yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dangerous, but they're yeah they're 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 two pretty awesome fellows to have a dram with. So. Well, it's it's a it's a shop where you can now start you know sit, we have a whiskey specialty shop which we have whiskey shops, but the fact that it's called Whiskey Drop and yeah. the the idea was for it to be a place for whiskey nerds sit at the bar, yeah, try some stuff. Like, like they're always willing to share and. Sometimes, like I'll bring in stuff. Usually, every time I come, like that, it's yeah, it's a very cool well, place. To I was there up. last Saturday, and I, I noticed that they had a kill home and behind the, the on the back shelves there. And I was like, walked up, looked at it, and it's like some rare, you know, release from four years ago. It's like, oh man, too bad it's not open. Graham's like, whiskey's for sharing. Rips oh, it off and pops it. I was like, uh, okay, I guess we'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's generated a nice little stash of. Uh, the Buffalo Trace Antique and the Pappies and stuff like that. That I just keep poking him and poking him. One day he's going to open one of them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of segues because he has said that if he does do anything with them, he wants to do a, a tasting and all the proceeds will go to Drams for Fams. So. Yeah, tell us a little bit uh, about Drams for Fams. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's... Um I think the idea is he's gonna he's going to pour all those pappies and all the special releases he got uh, out of your friend's cabin spot there potentially the lodge. Oh, he's gonna look at that. I think he was looking at that as a location. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, be a fun fun place to drink a bunch of cool bourbons and rye. Oh, for sure. And uh, I mean, same thing with yeah. So he's uh, gonna turn that into a, an event. For Drams for Fams, which is fantastic. I think we can go back to kind of how Drams for Fams started, but what I think I really like that's kind of happening with it now is the clubs that are involved, they're, they're just kind of doing their own thing with it and saying, oh, I'm going to turn this into a Drams for Fams event. And as I've said all along, as we've been growing Drams for Fams, is there's no real rules on how you raise money. There's, it doesn't, there's no set format. I know clubs have been doing virtual tastings and taking donations down in the States and um, so yeah, the, the, the Drams for Fams uh, idea started in pretty early on with the Scotch Club. We, you know, just at one of the events said we should we should have a fundraiser Scotch tasting at some point. And like most things with this club, it started out as this kind of small idea, forty people, um, 
at the Edmonton Freemasons Basement Hall, and it's grown into 17 or 18 clubs across North America. Closing in, I think we're surpassing $100,000 raised this year. That's crazy. And, um, yeah, like, just like I said, more of these, like, pop-up events, like the Strath Liquor Store in Victoria, they they had, G, uh, what's his name, Grant with uh, Glenn Farkless. George Grant? Yeah, George Grant, yeah. They had him in town for a tasting, and they said, can we turn this into a dram for fans thing? And I said, of course you can. So George Grant, the legend from Glenn Farkless, was speaking at a Drams for Fans event just last year. That's pretty and, cool. You know, that to me is just a sign of kind of how I want Drams for Fans to grow. I want it to be very organic, and I want the idea to be just good people enjoying whiskey and trying to raise any amount of money for, for local charities. So. So are you like it, it? It started off obviously surrounding the the food bank, donating to the food bank. But are you you're basically just asking that people just donate in general to a charity now? Yeah, of the their idea, choice or the idea of Jazz for Fans originally we we chose the food food bank um, yeah. because most of us are having kids and we you know everyone has charities that are important. I mean, you might have a someone who died of breast cancer and you want to. But we felt like the food bank was one charity that was important to everybody. And the big number we always use is like 30% of the food bank users are kids uh, under the age of 18. And there's just with most of us having kids now, the idea of kids not having enough food just bothers most people. Um, so when we started it, it was Drams for Fams. But when you think about Drams for Fams, help Drams for Fams is just Drams for Families. It could be, there's a lot of different ways you could raise money to help families. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think a club is going to put more effort into it if it's a charity that is important to them. Uh, I think the club in Minnesota, I believe, donates to a, an animal shelter because they're all animal lovers or whatever the case is. Yeah. It's, if you're going to put in all that time, and you know how much time these things take, you want it to be something that's important to you. So I changed it from um, has to be a food bank donation to donate to whatever charity you want. The idea is still the same. Whiskey drinkers raising money. It's really not hard to raise five, 600 bucks when you have 30 people, you know? No, it isn't. And like, and there's no, there's no point kind of isolating where, where the money has to go, right? Charity is charity. As long as you give it back, you're, you're supporting the cause, the initiative, everything. Everything that it's all about. Well, and I mean, you, there could be, you know, some charity that, you know, our next event that all of a sudden somebody in the club could, you know, have a need to want to give money to that club. So that one off, you can go to whatever. It doesn't have to be the same thing every single time, which is even better. No, for sure. Even the, like the little contest I, <clears throat> I ran in the spring. I don't know, there was, what, 2,500, but they were, right, the one that we were using the link. But I had I had people yeah. donating all over the place for that. And really, when it came down to it, I don't care where you donate, just donate. Just mm-hmm. do something. That was at the beginning of COVID when it was like, there's totally. there's people that need this money far more than we do, so let's contribute however we have to, or however we can. So. Yeah, and the donation link is... Uh is good because it means that people can donate and, and they can get a little tax receipt, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. But it also just keeps it's for us. It just it's less handling of money and for sure. people that know there's no funny business. If, but they're just making a donation to a food bank. I'm not taking a cut. You're not taking a yeah, cut. Yeah, that's that's why I liked it too because I don't really want to. Yeah, I, I don't need to be making a gain off. I want everyone else to get their tax receipts and. The handling of money. If I can handle no money at all, I would love to do that. <laughs> we handle so much money already that it's it's hard to keep track of some days. And like, even when it comes out in the wash, I sometimes I don't even know if, if there was any money left or or whatever. And you're like, well, I guess I'll just pay this or donate that from, out of my bank account or whatever, right? Like that's how it just it just goes that way. Yeah, I, I always say to people, you're not really running a whiskey club unless you're like $5,000 in the hole at all times. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm still, still paying myself back. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sweet. Back. We just uh, collected $2,000 from members for a tasting. And then you look at your spreadsheet and it's like, now they only owe me $3,000. <laughs> and then a week later, you're buying whiskey because there's a sale. And you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I just yeah. bought um, uh, at the Kensington Wine Market sale, I just bought. 
eleven or twelve hundred dollars worth of whiskey for next year's advent calendar. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and that far because when you see a good sale and you're planning for an advent calendar, I mean, getting a good price on bottles just means everyone's dollar is going to go that much further, right? So, oh, for sure. And that's like we using Whiskey Joe for a while there. We were trying the auctions and trying to hit hit good prices on that and. But it's 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 challenging. So it's a lot easier to kind of scope the market out here at home and and just buy like procure well in advance. Yeah, so much if easier. If you're if you're shopping in advance and you have sort of an idea of what kind of tastings you want to do down the road, like I kind of have a sheet, yeah. and then you can go into that sale instead of just buying things that are interesting. You can say, well, I got a Buna having tasting coming up. You know, let's see if there's any Bunas on let's sale. Let's pick some Bunas up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, stuff like that it makes it a little bit. The auction thing is, for me, auctions are a place to buy whiskeys that you cannot get otherwise. I don't consider them deals ever because by the time, by the time you pay for duty and shipping and the auction fees, I, I have not seen a deal on a bottle. Uh, <laughs> no, so it's far. yeah. The only time we do it is when we're trying to, yeah, when we're going after a bottle that you can't get in yeah. our market here, or or something that's yeah, twenty five, thirty years old that that you can't obtain anywhere in Canada. It's, and, but the, the thing is too, we do order it through Whiskey Joe and this is the guy who got a pallet of whiskey from the auction. <laughs> he literally, they had to load a pallet into his truck. And he had to build a new shelf in his garage. I, I know. Like he's got every family member registered with AGLC so that they can all bring in their max 90 liters every 45 days or whatever it is. Like, that guy's next level. He's next, he level, is next level. Like, I don't even, does he even shop in liquor stores or is it just all awkward? No, no I've, he, I've run into him in liquor stores. He, he does and he, yeah, he, he definitely does. I don't know. I don't know how he can actually spend that much money on, on whiskey, but he finds a way and he would spend more if he could. Yeah. Well, I've never, uh, he he finds what he likes and he likes to load up on the stuff he likes. Oh like, god, you know, have an eighteen, the Tullibardin, the old per twenty three. For God's sakes, like yeah, old per twenty three. I think he, he had twenty six bottles of it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was uh, there's one Cavalan release where it was like their special, the special year the rat rat single barrel. It was either the vino, I think it might have been the vino barrique, but they only released. They only released like 110 of these special release bottles or with box set or whatever, and he bought he bought like 30 of them, a third of them for God's sakes. <laughs> I was just like, my God, yeah. It's, oh, it's, he knows what he likes and like, and he drinks it. That's the good thing. He's not buying those to sell. Oh no, he drinks and he shares. He, he definitely yeah. shares. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about someone who's generous, He's, I don't know if there's a more generous whiskey chair out there. Well, I know when we did that virtual tasting in the beginning of the summer there, and he's popping the cork on Port Ellens and stuff like that yeah. for us. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh. Whiskey Joe is the real deal. That's and and sure. not like half ounce, three-quarter like oh, no, full quarters. Yeah, like... Half a half a Glen Carn, the whole ball, the yeah. whole bulb's full, and then tells you to fill up after. Yeah, even though you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you're getting low. Bad. I know. He, like, he gets bad if you don't. It's like ordering a coke from Denny's, right? It just doesn't let you get to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next five hundred dollars. Kind of people in the community that it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, and we we have. I think we have a really really cool local community. Honestly, we're all pretty tight. Uh, even. Even going going down the south with the Calgarians, everybody's kind of tight knit, which is really cool. Everybody's talking about whiskey all the time, and and that that's why we really wanted to start this podcast. So, yeah, I mean, focus on the community. I mean, all over Alberta, all the way up north, the whiskey fabric. Yeah, the whiskey fabric, and you know, now we've got a few people around Red Deer that have started coming in, joining lives, and uh, you know, commenting all the time. So yeah, it's just it's fun to grow and watch it grow i mean like i said i'm newer to this than everybody else mostly but just to pay it forward all the kindness and sharing that everybody's shown me to be able to pass it on to other guys that are just getting into it i mean i have no problem spending one of my days off driving around for four or five hours dropping samples off to people or 
you know, organizing deliveries from Scotland to my house, and my wife wondering why do we have six giant boxes on our doorstep. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, well, tomorrow I'll be gone because i got to drop all these off. Well, when you're driving around dropping off samples, you, just, you feel like whiskey Santa Claus. Like, it's a good feeling. Yeah. You're making, yeah. You're making people's day, right? They're coming home to something fun. You know, if they had a bad day at work or whatever, but they come home to us a bunch of samples that they get to try later. That's just, it's fun. Yeah, it is. It's a ton of fun. The one thing we probably is the, that I'm pretty proud of right now in terms of the whiskey scene, though, is the, the Edmonton Whiskey Forum on Facebook. And just the amount of interactions that have started to happen on there and, and good conversations and people that I hadn't heard of before in the whiskey community that are coming in. Again, you have people very knowledgeable people and people that are admittingly new to it. Um, but it's turned into a really good little place for people to just, whatever, take a picture of what they're drinking at home. And, you know, if they're looking for a certain bottle in the city or they just want to, you know, ask for recommendations, whatever it is, it's turned into, a, you know, I think there, we just passed 500 people on there and I think it's, well, it's that's kind of be, become, I actually wanted to bring that up cause that's kind of become your, has that become your primary focus lately with the, with obviously in-person tastings on hiatus and that because of COVID? Because you've been doing all your virtual tastings through the Whiskey Forum and not really the Whiskey Club. Yeah, they, I mean, the, the Whiskey Club, like the Edmonton Scotch Club for the most part is, I, I've always, it's a private, it's a bunch of buddies, it's a private club. And the primary focus of those tastings is always just socializing and being with a bunch of good buddies. Whereas the whiskey forum tastings, I find, are more for the whiskey nerd types and people that are, you know, wanting to get more into this kind of world. And some of the people had never been to a whiskey tasting before. And the Edmonton Whiskey Forum virtual one was their, was their first sort of big group tasting. Yeah. So I, I'm using that just as, not using it, but I'm, I'm just creating opportunities for these for these people to just try a whole bunch of new whiskeys. So we've done a uh, one Rare Drams one with the forum, and then uh, this Friday we're doing a World Whiskeys one. So it's yeah, two whiskeys right. from uh, the wor- World Whiskeys, so a French whiskey and a, a Cavalin, two Canadian whiskeys, two American whiskeys, and two Scotches. And just another opportunity for people to chat. And the way, the way we've been doing these is I don't present every whiskey. I actually... As you know, for yeah, me, you made me present for me one. delegating. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, yeah. everybody gets uh, a whiz. Not everybody, but we get eight different presenters. Which, for some of them, it's the first time they've ever had to present and talk about a whiskey in front of a group, and they take it as a challenge. And it's kind of, it's kind of creating a fun little group. Um, I know I didn't mind. I did mine while I was at uh, like a party. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I go up to the buddy whose house it is. And I was like, "Hey, can I use your computer? I need to." Uh, take part in the beginning of a tasting and present a whiskey i'll be back when i'm done <laughs> yeah yeah well people like it and like uh, i mean some people will just do a very you know uh a quick little presentation but like last time a guy he went right into it he was you know distillery info and yeah and for, for me that's what i like to see because that's how it all started for me right oh Is, for sure yeah you know doing that research and knowing you have to present to 30 people on a computer makes you put a little bit more effort into it i think too. i know i think i'm a little bit numb to that feeling though because yeah <laughs> i was just like oh okay well should i do some research uh, maybe i'll read the night before a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am yeah. i doing again at first it's funny because i actually researched the glenn talkers and then i read the day before i was like oh fuck i'm doing <laughs> i'm doing the elgin <laughs> I was like, oh, I could do both, maybe. <laughs> but Well, that's like the dram spotting in January. I did the same yeah. thing. I thought I had one bottle, and I started researching it before I went and picked it up, and then I went and picked it up, and I'm like, oh, I know. no, this isn't the one at all. <laughs> I'm awful with that stuff, though. I'm a, last, I'm a procrastinator. I'm a last-minute kind of guy, so it usually bites me in the ass somehow or another. But Yeah, that, yeah. Dram, that dram spotting was super fun. Get a bunch of us nerds. It takes a load off your back, Travis, letting us do the work and sit back, and then we get to drink all the new whiskeys well and, and though like especially when we meet as a smaller group right there's there's no need for you to get up there and and, oh. t- and present like you know you have to and and you could probably attest to this but you have to change your presentation to obviously fit 
your audience because you're, you're not going to go to not going to go to a a room full of us and and tell us about the basics because we already know the distilleries and and, and some people even know more than than we do when we're presenting them so it's but that that's the part and like going back to the club atmosphere i love i love the club atmosphere because you can you can reach outside the box for for a conversation and start you can kind of activate more conversation about the whiskey that that wouldn't happen in a in a traditional tasting and like we've talked about this before it's you go to these 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 tastings kind of just become fairly uh, robotic over time it's just all the same thing it's honestly you could plug you could go to a like a, a Glen Goyne a Bush Mills a Woodford Glen Morangi tasting and if you took the whiskeys out of it the the spe- or the the presentations are pretty much all identical with just different names on the glasses basically right like it's 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 kind of got boring yeah. So history, quick little history, <clears throat> how whiskey's made. Yeah, like go uh, right through the basics, and uh, and again, there is a time and a place for those events. For sure, for sure, but there is. That we when we're together, that's not what we're looking for. No, we d- dive dive a lot deeper into even our personal opinions and, and yeah. thoughts and and stuff like that. So in our in our palettes, like we all we all love a lot of the same things, but we all have very very different palettes, right? That's the best. Well, for thing. sure, yeah. everyone does. The, so. I think you you'll know you know this about me and the way I approach rare drams is I don't consider myself a salesperson at all. I I like to let the whiskey speak for itself, yeah. but I also I don't want it to feel like a commercial. I want to come in and actually just talk about the whiskey just like the people at the tasting do. Yeah. And my 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 big thought in my mind is always I don't want people to feel like they're getting talked at. And I don't want them to come in here feeling this is like a, an infomercial. For sure. I want them to come in and, and learn about whiskey. And if they're learning about whiskey and they're enjoying the whiskey, they're, they're going to feel a connection to the brand anyways. I don't need to go and just blab away about... Yeah, it doesn't need to be a presentation. It, it needs to be a conversation. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I'm, That's the way I've approached it. I've approached it as a... I'm just a... When I go to liquor stores and I'm pouring whiskey, like at Chateau or Sherbrooke... I don't go in there selling whiskey. I go in there to see what they think of it. <laughs> like, I'm not like, ooh, what do you think of this one? That's a good one. Eh? I say, yeah. yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts? Like, I, you, you might not like it. <laughs> yeah. That's it's fine. not, it's not, hey, you should buy this. It's, hey, would you buy this? <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's, I'm probably Please? the worst, the worst actual salesman in the market for that reason. And, but I'll never change that because I, I was in sales long ago and i got out of it for a reason so i feel like i can take a different approach yeah you don't really need to be a, a salesman though when you're when you're working for rare drams right you're basically just a you're an enthusiast kind of just relaying relaying the new information on the new releases and everybody like the people the demographic that buys rare drams products they know they know what they're buying they know what they're looking for they're generally knowledgeable whiskey drinkers and so it's up to you to obviously spread the love past them, and you do a pretty good job doing that. So. Yeah. Well, and I, I I want people to if if rare drams is that connection where they go from being just kind of a you know an average yeah. sort of whiskey appreciator, and then they come to one of our events and they it's that step to go to that next level. I would love to be that that uh, help them make that step. And you know, be like, no, they don't have to go down the full whiskey nerd paths we have. No, no, they don't have to <laughs> ignore their families to drink whiskey, right? <laughs> yeah, but it would it would be cool to hear for someone to come up to you and be like, "Hey, my breakthrough dram, my breakthrough whiskey that pushed me over the edge was a rare drams release, yeah, a Carmore totally. release, right? Like that, yeah, that would be that'd be super rewarding. And if then, you're if you're a regular whiskey drinker and I say to you what are your regular drams and a lot of the times we'll hear the same oh you know I like my Akintosh and I like my Balvenie yeah. and if I can say to that person well you seem to like scotch but have you got into that single cask independent world yet and maybe it just needs that little nudge yeah. and it just opens a whole new world of people who would never buy an independent bottle because they're scared or they don't know what it is yeah they and just don't have confidence in it yeah yeah. Well, exactly. Like like I was saying before, um, I did an Aqua Vitae 
style blind tasting for a couple people. We just did it completely blind, seven samples each. Rate it from beginning to end, what you like the most, what you like the least. And then the second part was, okay, well, there's a, there's an age statement that's less than 10 years. Find that. There's an Irish. Find that. There's a cast strength. And nobody, because I, I put in the, the talkers, the newest one, and, yeah, they had no idea. <laughs> and, and, I mean, they're, they're pretty knowledgeable palates, too. But, I mean... Dram we've we right? yeah, yeah dram fine yeah. yeah i mean we've done blind tastings where you get zero out of whatever and well, it's not easy i no. get 100% every time i don't know about <laughs> you guys <laughs> but like and that's just the beauty of it like you can do blind tastings with friends and not have a clue what you're drinking and i mean we have whole tastings around the blind aspect of it with the heathens tastings where you bring it in a paper bag yeah those are cool or or i bring mine in a tube sock but (laughs) you know and then you discuss it and that's that's what every basically what it boils down to is the community and a discussion around what we're drinking and you know i love being the one that hears what steve or you have found and you're like you gotta try this you gotta try this or hey like I, i found this lechig and it tastes off and put it up against one that you find weird. Similar. That chick that takes, yeah, yeah. takes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure this person's drank Ledger before? <laughs> but yeah. you know, or like for me, it's like for me personally, like Irish. Like I dropped off a couple drams to drink while we're talking, but I threw in a couple extra. And to me, like they're my favorite Irish that I've gone into this year, and I have a lot of Irish whiskey. So you know, as somebody who's more into Scotch. Or like Steve, more into the bourbon side than I am. I love sharing my passions and you know the Irish or the the Scotch that I'm into that not a lot of people are. And uh, getting the feedback is more fun to me. Like that's kind of why I pour samples for people is not to get samples back. I could care less. I have two boxes full of samples at home that I'll never get through. But to hear the stuff that I love personally and to hear the thoughts coming back, that's like, that's fun for me. Oh, it's super fun. Like the, <clears throat> I sent a, a sample package to uh, this guy, Jeremy Pugh. Yeah. He just uh, followed us on. Yeah. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a great photographer, videographer. Like he's a great follow. He's got a, uh, like a really cool style, but I sent this whole package to him um, because he was asked, like he was commenting on posts, asking about stuff. And I was like, man, I'll, I'll send you some samples. Like, no worry. And, He's just been like so appreciative of the fact that that they even think about doing it, and it's like no worries, it's my pleasure. And and so he's as he's been tasting them, he's sending me this like whole spiel on what he thinks and that like what awesome. he's getting out of it, and it's just like it's yeah, it's fun to see that excitement come out of out of just sending someone samples, right? It's, that is awesome. Yeah, man. it's and it's it. He's super stoked over it, which is awesome. Like that, there's not a better feeling than seeing somebody happy that they got some stuff. So, oh, I mean that the guy, fairly newer uh, guy to the whiskey community around here, that Ben Demon Hunter. Yep. And uh, that's kind of what I did, you know, right at the beginning of COVID. You know, I, I realized I had a bunch of bottles that were heels, and I'd never. I was always passing them over, passing them over. And I just asked him, I said, you know, like, what all have you tried and what have you liked? So, he, you know, he ran me through a few that he tried. And he's he never drinks alone mm-hmm. sometimes, but usually he's with his brother or his buddy and they all drink together. And I was like, well, you know what? I've got all these, like, quarter bottles or less. I won't drink them. I'll just pack them up in a box. I'll drive down to Red Deer and I'll drop them off for you. I mean, he still posts. <laughs> that is some, that's well, some extreme effort for the whiskey fabric right but, there. But, you know, like the first time I, I sent him a bunch of samples and, yeah. and it, you know, it was, you. it was stuff that, that's awesome. that I know that it's kind of like the whole idea of our club. So let's, um, I kind of wanted to get into the uh, contest that, that I'm running. It was my 10K contest, which Rare Drams obviously had a huge, huge part in by donating the bottles. It's pretty crazy how... Uh, I did not expect that many entries, honestly. Like the last, <laughs> the last giveaway I ran, I ran two giveaways in September for Bourbon Heritage Month, and they were six hundred to eight hundred entries, kind of thing. And I was like, okay, this is all per twenty three. Like we're talking a pretty epic blend. 
maybe one of my all time, well, not maybe, but yes, one of my all time favorite whiskeys freaking ever. So I was like, okay, this will get a lot of attention. Definitely over a thousand, probably 1500. And now we're, people are still posting to the stories still. Like I had 80 new comments, <laughs> entries today kind of thing. It's crazy. We're over 3000 entries into this freaking giveaway. That's like crazy. it's crazy. Absolutely insane. And yeah, I don't, I, I'm curious to see who wins. And I think it's cool that we decided to do three three winners to kind of spread the love a little bit, even though the third winner is going to be pretty pissed off that they only get a bottle of Brewdar. <laughs> Brewdar is awesome, but it's I'd not more to ship it than the price of the bottle. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm super excited to see who gets that old per 23. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been fun to watch because, I mean, it's like we discussed when you do a post of like a main brand, like, you know, uh, Buna Haven or a Macau, you do something like that. There's always going to be more recognition and more interaction just because it hits a broader audience. So the fact that you're getting this many for a independent bottler release kind of contest and for such a small company like ours, it's absolutely insane. It, I mean, the idea of, doing it was obviously to grow our Instagram engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Engagement and stuff. But also we have a pretty good partnership with Bark Whiskey and you and Rare yeah. Drams. And I, we, we kind of wanted to be a part of your 10,000 uh, yeah, follower no, no. celebration. But I mean, it's just turned into, it's just, it's got, I, I go on there and I, I thank every new follower Yeah, and I, <laughs> I wish everybody luck that shares the story. Yeah. And I mean, the, I must have, I think we've got over about 400 new followers out of this contest. <laughs> which is awesome. which is more than a fifth of what what you have, right? Like yeah, we went yeah. from 1,200 to 1,600 or something like that. We're get, we're, we're, we'll be in at 1,700 by the time it's all done. Yeah, it's um, crazy, hey? Just from, I mean, and that was for us to be able to, you know, for more people to learn about Rare Jams is great, but... I mean, I feel sorry for you and your spreadsheet when you have to tabulate. <laughs> like, how do you? I don't. How do you go about counting all those? Well, honestly, what? Yeah, it's yeah, just a day, a day in front of a spreadsheet. Basically, <laughs> you can go. You can kind of. There are programs where you can pull the comments out, but then I got to go individually. I didn't expect to have so many story. Um, Reposts. Do you have to go search all your stories? Oh well, I've kind of been I've kind of been keeping track of them, okay. but uh, or I have been keeping track of them. But I've got like under my primary, the general one, like your different message groups, and then I've got a whole bunch under my the whatever the third one is where you have to approve them kind of thing. Oh yeah. So yeah. I haven't even approved everybody, but I've just got them all saved in there, so it's easier for me, and so I don't because the moment I push them to my general my private messaging groups. Then it gets kind of lost in the fold, so I've just been. So I haven't even I haven't even messaged them, which I feel bad. But at the same time, I need the easiest way to kind of track it all. And there's like I'm I'm over easily over a hundred or hundred twenty story shares. I think like it's which is crazy because usually people will follow, they'll tag a few people, and that's it. Yeah, they don't put the extra effort into it, but yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's going to be a ton of. That's a good thing I took this week off. It's awesome. It's awesome, and Travis. I need two whole days to spreadsheet. Personally, thanks me every single day when I share it to my stories. <laughs> yeah. And this guy here, like, takes up about eight eight scrolling pages of tagging people because he wants to try. The first day that it went live, and I tagged literally like as many people as I could possibly. Yeah, he up. even he even sent a picture of it to me to make sure I could double check that I showed up. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, Steve, I can only see it. Only lets me see like twenty five comments. Are you sure that they all sent through? He's like, yeah, you're at like sixty some. Like, okay, yeah, because the first like two hundred entries, a hundred of them were you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the, uh, how many comments are on that picture now? There's like twenty three hundred, I think. Jeez. Yeah. And then there's five entries for every story share, right? So that's yeah. that's another seven hundred or something Crazy. like that. So it's yeah, like I said, it's it's coming up on three thousand. It'll be over 3,000 entries by the time I draw. It's like it almost like a, I'm almost afraid to draw it. <laughs> it's yeah. just like it is, a, it is a testament to uh, what that account has turned into, man. It's it's crazy. 
to think it was only 2018 when you guys came. You and Graham came to one of our tastings at the hall. Yeah, that was right. And you were just trying to figure out how to start a whiskey club. I mean, it's it's pretty insane the uh, stretch and uh, you know how widely that brand is recognized now, which it is a brand at this point. I mean, yeah, it's it's you, you still have your your intimate club tastings, but in terms of the account. I'm sure you're getting lots of offers from people to post stuff that, you know, watches, I bet, like, every day. I'm, I get messages for my 6,000 uh, followers, just people want you to promote stuff. So it's it's like a taking on a life of its own. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of that, and I don't I don't take on. I, like, I, I turn down a lot of them just because it's too much. It's too much effort to be posting for everybody else and scheduling it and it's so much it's so much effort as or or it already is so much of an effort that I don't need more to do <laughs> that's for yeah, sure you really do have to manage and decide what's important and you know, yeah managing your time when you have family and a job and stuff is not that's not easy but it is pretty cool it is it's very humbling and very cool to uh to see what the brand has turned into and and obviously well, we should, the support we post, post sure. to that with uh Sean's Irish whiskey yeah let's get into these two uh We'll start. Let's start with sipping this little. We'll, we'll cheers and sip the the Bushmills ten, which is not usually the the dram that I would cheers with. But <laughs> <laughs> cheers, but yeah. All right. Well, I'll just uh, give you a little background. Yeah. So, uh, my wife bought me a cask with my family coat of arms on it, little two liter barrel, last year for Christmas. And uh, the company that she bought it from is a Canadian company, so uh, she was in touch with them a bunch when ordering it, and then I got in touch with them after, just kind of finding out the best way. And they said, you know, as long as you follow the instructions, use really hot water to soak the cask first, get the wood sealed, and then you can pretty much do whatever you want. It's a freshly charred cask. Um, you got to dump out all the char bits and stuff, the little wood chunks. So... You rinse it out. And You're bottling you, a black adder. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so you, with the hot water, you know, it strips out any of the loose sediments. Um, and then you, he basically told me, you can do whatever you want. If you can find new make or white dog, you can do that. And you can literally make whiskey out of it. Well, not whiskey, but you can make yeah. a whiskey spirit. Um, but he said, like, you leave it in there with fresh char for more than a month or two, it's going to be over-oaked. And he said, you know, what a lot of whiskey nerds... How many liters, sorry? Two. Two liters, okay. He said, what a lot What a lot of whiskey nerds do with theirs is they season it and finish whiskey, um, just like the distillers do. So the very first one I did, I said, well, let's go big. So I did two batches of... First, I used uh, Cote de Rhone uh, French red wine. And then I used two batches of two liters of Classic Laddie. And then each batch, the first one I left in there for seven days. The wine I left in for eight weeks and seven days for the first batch, mm-hmm. 12 for the second. And then I put the two batches together and married them for a couple weeks. And I've literally given out half bottles, samples to anybody I can think of. Still got some left. And the, the feedback I got was all, all positive. Um, I've had guys share it with their dad who've been whiskey drinkers for 40 years and they enjoyed it. So after that, I said, okay, well, that was a pretty safe one. Red wine, Brucati. We've had lots of those. So I said, well, let's do something funky. So tried some Malbec from Argentina and bought a bottle that the tasting notes on it were pretty funky, earthy, um, you know, lots of dark red fruits. I said, well, Something that'll take to that would be something light. My love of Irish, I said, well, Bushmills Single Malt Tenure. It's a great dram to start off at night with. Uh, it's super light, fruity, uh, easy drinking. So, well, let's let's add a little bit of complexity to it. Use the uh, Malbec. And so the Malbec, again, eight weeks in the barrel. And I left the Bushmills in for 13 days and poured it out. I was so tired that night. I'd just flown in from work. So waited till the next day, kind of refreshed my palate and tried it. And it's crazy because the freshness of the Bushmills 10 stuck around to me. But it also got that like deep earthiness and those red fruits kind of substituted the lighter fruits that the Bushmills 10 had originally. Um, I've given it out to a few people now. Uh, you guys are 
the second group I've given it to. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be giving out a lot more samples. And I'd love to hear the feedback, good, bad, indifferent. The, um, <clears throat> the wine definitely took, or the, yeah, the Malbec definitely took over the nose. Yeah. Well, it's, it smells like Malbec. Yeah, it does. Like, completely took it over. But when you, it's, it's actually kind of weird when you taste it. I don't know if you get the same thing, Travis, but it almost like it's almost like the whiskey and the Malbec both present themselves completely apart from one another. <laughs> I don't know; it's weird. Like I get I get the spirit separately than I get the wine. It's kind of bizarre. I don't know. Yeah, there's something happening there where what happens when it first gets on your tongue kind of is completely different than what's hitting the back of your throat. Yeah, like it's all Malbec going out the back. Yeah, but yeah, it's completely bushmills coming in the front. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, like it, it, <laughs> it divides as soon as it hits your mouth. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it like becomes water and oil when it goes in your mouth. It's weird. It's definitely the weird. Color, the color is incredible. It's like a rose, like a sweet rose almost. Yeah. Oh, the color when I poured it, I I couldn't believe how dark it had got because I checked it after what was it six days before I went to work. And it had changed, but it wasn't nearly what it was another seven days later. It's pretty cool, though. Only, sorry, how long, how long in the cast? For the whiskey? For the whiskey, yeah. 13 days. 13 days. So in 13 days, like, it, yeah, it took less than two weeks to, to to provide some decent depth to a fairly light, light whiskey. But... But they, like in an actual hogshead, right. when they season them with the sherry, they say like twenty to thirty liters of the sherry stays, stays in the staves. In the staves yeah. So thirty liters out of two hundred and fifty, and I don't know. You could kind of get an idea of how much of the wine would have been in the staves of Sean's cask, and it wouldn't take much to override the color of the Bushmills, right? I mean, it's a, such no, a, like, yeah, it's such a fair. Group. Fair whiskey. If you had a couple drops of sherry in that, it would probably start to turn, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, like, so I've had lots of people, especially after the second one, message me and say, like, well, what do you do in between? So as soon as I dump it out, I fill it with hot water again, and then I just leave it and keep topping up the water as it evaporates, try and keep the cast. You just keep it full? Yeah, yeah keep okay. it full as, as That's much the best as way to keep them hold out of it. Stuff, yeah. Right? So yeah, urbanbarrel.ca. That's the company that uh, my wife went through. Um, but they actually sell these tablets. So anything less than five liters, you can use one tablet. You diffuse it into a cup, one cup of boiling water, mm-hmm. dump that in and then fill it up with hot water. Mm-hmm. And it actually cleanses the inside of the staves. So um, what I did after the first experiment, kept it full for however long, five months, six months, did the clean cleansing cycle, and then I actually dumped water and let it sit for a week, mm-hmm. and then dumped it out after and tasted it, and it still tasted like water. So you know that you're not getting any crossover from the last experiment. Oh, I see. Because that's what I was scared of, like, you know, the wine from... Well, how, yeah, how many wines are you going to put in? The- yeah. Yeah, for sure. I dumped warm water in after I did the cleansing cycle, and it came out clear and didn't taste like anything. Maybe a little bit of wood. Do you want to fill that 8-liter sherry (laughs) barrel? It's expensive to fill 2 liters because you need (laughs) 3 bottles of each. Yeah. You don't want to fill it with... (laughs) You don't want 10, 12 bottles. Yeah, exactly. Go buy 12 bottles to fill that thing. But no, I mean, it's super fun. Glenmo 10 would be my next one. Yeah, well, Glenmorangie ten year. You know, you kind of just want to take those lighter, yeah, younger whiskeys and just. Yeah. My, I did one with Glenfiddich twelve with uh, bourbon cask. Okay. So I just seasoned it with bourbon and did Glenfiddich twelve, and yeah, the difference just from a little extra aging and some more bourbon characteristics was crazy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. Maybe maybe like the Dean's twelve or something like that would be a good yeah. one too because it's got some pretty decent bourbon characteristics already so i honestly think you can finish that one nicely my next one i might do uh like a off-the-shelf canadian and spice that up a bit let's wrap let's wrap this podcast up before it's like two hours long (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, where this is going eh? oh yeah exactly so but uh, i'm sleeping at steve's i'm wasted yeah that's why i got the bed here dude (laughs) it's sitting right beside us um thanks for dropping these samples off too sean i really appreciate the the kindness and the sharing of the irish anyway i don't know know how you wrap up your podcast well all i'm gonna do is thank you 
for uh, for being a part of it, and plan on being part of it again. Just fun, don't smack the glass, jeez. Um, we're the one thing I wanted to ask you is I want to uh, as a part of this podcast. I thought once a month we could get a panel of like four or five of us together to kind of review new releases that have come into our market. For Which sure. I thought it might be a cool idea just to do like a we can just do like a, a short thirty minute or where like the two of us, you, Graham, Josh, Nicole or whoever kind of thing, right? And uh yeah, we just get together, we talk about the new releases on the shelves that month just for something for people to listen to and reference to if they're trying to look for something or whatever, right? I think it's it's good. It's a excuse for us to hang out, but it also for uh, you know some of these smaller independent bottlers and importers like crafts, craftwork spirits, stuff yeah. like that. We can help get. They would product. love. They would love the ability for people to talk about their whiskey, and it's a it's a way to get the word out on new releases in the market. Right. Well, we're going to talk about the inter- more interesting releases for sure. Yeah. Well, so. for sure. No, I think that'd be a lot of fun, and just another excuse to to, to get together out, right? and, and drink. Yeah, that's what it's all about, really. So, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, brothers. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for having me on. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Yep. Until next time, have a good night, everyone.